0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 24th, 2022. I'm teaching a series right now entitled God's Grace and Your Faith. And in the series, as soon as I got into the series, I got to Galatians 5 and 6 where faith works by love, and I got stuck there for four weeks. And so anyway, we dealt with faith works by love for a whole month now, but I'm building on it, right? So, but I I told you that I really needed to teach you about God's grace and our faith and, and how faith works and how the grace life works and all of that, and how we're under the grace of God, not under the law. So I'm going to do my best not to get too excited this morning, but you know I get excited. And I'm going to teach the word of God to you. It's God's grace and our faith, part 21. The title of today's message is mixing God's grace with human effort can contaminate your entire belief system. You don't want to do it. You wanna, you don't want to mix God's grace with human effort. It will contaminate. Your entire belief system. Let's get ready for the word. All right. So here we go. God's grace in our faith, part 21. Uh, Foundational scriptures we've been looking at is John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17. Uh, I'm going to add Galatians 5, 6 through 9 to it this morning. So uh, John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word Jesus became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. Now we have seen his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father full of grace and truth. And John 1 and 17 says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. John is telling us that Jesus came to usher us into this dispensation of grace. Galatians 5 verses 6 through 9 from the Passion Translation reads, when you are placed into the anointed one, Christ Jesus, and joined to him, then circumcision or religious obligations can benefit you nothing. Religious obligations at that point, once I'm in Christ, is not benefiting me anything. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. My faith is activated and made perfect by the love of God. When I'm convinced that God loves me, then I can operate by faith. Verse seven, before you were led astray, you were faithful to the Messiah. Why have you now turned from what is right and what is true? I'm going to deal with that here in a minute who has deceived you? The apostle Paul is writing a letter. He was like, man, I know where you were before. And I also understand where you are now. And it seems like somebody has deceived you. The one who enfolded you into his grace, talking about Jesus, is not behind this false teaching that you have embraced. He's saying that somebody is behind some type of false teaching that that was not Jesus. And somebody is trying to trick you. He says, not at all. Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system. Another translation of verse 9 says, a little yeast works itself through the whole batch of dough. He says, so if you take a little bit of the law or a little lie, and it's almost like putting a little bit of yeast inside of a batch of dough, it just kind of works itself through the whole belief system, and it, it can become an infection to your belief system. It can contaminate the way you live and your entire belief system, which is what I, I'm going to attempt to teach you this morning. So what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning, and like I said, I'm going to try to take my time, go through this, so you really get it. So three things. Number one, here we go. You are righteous by faith in Jesus and his finished work alone. So look at me. You might want to put this in the chat. Uh, say, I'm righteous, Say right? You can could, you could put that in there. You are the righteousness of God. Say this, say this. Say, I am righteous, not because of what I do. Say, I'm righteous, not because of what I fail to do. Say this. Say, I am righteous only because of what Jesus did. And so when, when you, I'm saying that, and I'm getting you to say it, and I want you to think about it, and I want you to believe it, but you really got to believe it, that you are righteous now, You're the righteousness of God in Christ, not because of what you do, not because of what you fail to do, only because of what Jesus said. Let me explain what the apostle Paul was saying here in this letter to the believers in Galatia. So the apostle Paul visited southern Galatia on his first missionary journey. This is around Acts 13, Acts 14. And scholars date the trip, it was early in his ministry, so they date it around 47 to 48 AD. Now, the Apostle Paul, he preached the gospel of grace while he was on these missionary journeys. And as a result, as he went around and he was preaching the gospel of grace and and people were being healed, delivered, and set free from performance-based religion, then churches were planted everywhere. Like, so he was was a church church planner. So as he's going around and preaching the gospel and raising up people to be pastors and leaving them as pastors, and he's going on, and churches are popping up all over the place, and it's because of the grace of God. Now, years later, Paul is getting reports of what's happening in the church in Galatia, and he's frustrated with the fact that they have allowed some Jewish converts to Christianity, like he was a Jewish convert to Christianity, but he was frustrated with the fact that some Jewish converts to Christianity had gotten into the church, and they were then telling people that were non-Jewish converts to Christianity that they needed to get circumcised, or in other words, that they needed to perform works in order to be righteous. And so Paul says to them, going back to what he wrote, he says, when you're placed into the anointing one, Christ Jesus, and you are joined to him, circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. He says, no, listen, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that you understand it. Once you're in Christ and Christ is in you, then things like circumcision or, or any religious obligation can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is faith, and this faith is activated and brought to perfection by love. Paul says that by adding performance-based religion, listen, I'm, I'm going slow today because I want you to get this. The apostle Paul is writing, and he's basically explaining that if you try to add performance-based religion to the grace of God, to the grace that Jesus already provided, then you are deceived and led astray. This is the language he uses. He says, man, you guys are deceived. Someone has led you astray. He's like, "Why? what's going on? Paul was clear that by adding religious requirements or performance-based religion, um, that people, they were trying to add something to Jesus's finished work. And this is not what makes you righteous. We are not righteous because of what we do and we are not righteous because of what we refrain from doing. We are only righteous because of what Jesus did. Now, the sad truth is that what the apostle Paul was writing to the believers in Galatia back then, 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years later, there are a lot of Christians today that are making the same mistake. They have added religious requirements um, to the grace of God. And so what they've done is they've added conditions. It's almost like they're living a conditions based life because they've added religious requirements as conditions for righteousness and if they don't perform right they don't feel as though they are the righteousness of god but but you're not righteous because of your feelings you're righteous by faith and so you may not feel righteous but you are righteous if you're in Christ Jesus and so you can never be righteous by works you can only be righteous by faith so please don't be deceived like the galatians were deceived look at me If you're born again, you are righteous. Say that, I am the righteousness of God by faith. You are righteous. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are righteous, but you're not righteous because of what you do and you're not righteous because of what you refrain from doing. You are only the righteousness of God by faith and that happened when you place your faith in Jesus, when you are now in Jesus and Jesus is in you. You are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you and it is the finished work of Jesus and the undeserved grace of God that makes you the righteousness of God. Say amen to that. So now, if you believe that, then please don't add and don't allow religious people to force you to add human effort to God's finished work. So so there's this human effort. Now, does that mean you do nothing? Of course not. Grace is not a license for laziness grace will empower you to do what you can never do without God. You will work harder than you've ever worked in your life. I'm a witness. There's some people on this call that are retired and that are still doing a whole lot because the grace of God is on them to do, right? So so grace is not a license for laziness. I'm not saying you do nothing, but I'm doing it because of the grace of God. I'm not doing it For grace, I'm doing it by grace. I'm I'm not doing it to be righteous, I'm doing it because I'm righteous. There's a completely different mindset. I'm not working to be right with God, I'm working because I'm already right with God by the grace of God. And so God's super is on my natural, and I'm working harder than I ever worked in my life, but it's not me, it's the grace of God. And so my body's not breaking down, my youth is being renewed like the eagle. I get sweet sleep every night, and I'm at peace in my heart, and I'm not stressed out. Why? And people say, How are you doing all the things that you're doing? It's not me. It's the grace of God through me, and I'm not doing it to be righteous. I'm doing it because I'm righteous. So please don't add human effort to God's finished work because your performance can never measure up. You are not righteous because of you. Your righteousness, you are righteous because of Him. Remember, it's all about Him. Say amen to that. Put that in the chat. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. All right, number two, excuse me, mixing God's grace. With human effort is a false teaching. Let me say that again. Human uh mixing God's grace with human effort is a false teaching. The apostle Paul said, the one who enfolded you, Jesus, into his grace is not behind the false teaching that you have embraced. He's saying that if you if you live this way, you're actually living under a false teaching. And this is Galatians 5 and 8. And so the false teaching that the Apostle Paul is talking about. Is adding works to grace as a requirement for your righteousness. That is a false teaching. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he explained this. I shared this with you yesterday, but I'm gonna share it with you again today because you don't get it the first time. You don't get it the seventh time. <laughs> you gotta keep hearing it. So uh, in Paul's letter to the believers in Rome, he drove home the fact that grace is a gift and you cannot work for a gift. All you could do for a gift is receive it. If you try to work for a gift, then the gift is no longer a gift. The gift then becomes payment. Paul said it this way, Romans 11 and six. And since it is by God's grace, then it can't be a matter of your good works. Otherwise, grace would not be a gift. It would be earned by human effort. So he was saying, no, no, grace is a gift, not human effort. And you can't work for grace. Now you can work by grace, but you can't work for grace because if you could work for grace, then it would no longer be a gift. It would be human effort, and and, and it it would be as if God is paying you or giving you a recompense for your your performance. Oh, you're performing good, therefore here's the blessing. And this is what religious people think, is that religious people think, if I perform good, God will bless me, as if God is paying me for good performance. Oh, you got all A's and B's. I'm going to give you $20 for every A, $10 for every B. Good job. Oh, you got a C. I'm not paying you for that. and they bring that mindset to God. Oh, I'm doing things right. Therefore, God is going to bless me because God is almost like God is paying me for my performance. You got it? (laughs) I'm taking my time here because you got to get this down. You can't work for a gift. All you can do for a gift is receive it. Now, so when I understand, I'm trying to get you to decouple, detach, and disconnect your faith from your performance. Your performance will never be good enough to match the size of God's goodness towards you. So if you're living like that, oh, I'm performing right, let me get paid for every A, for every B for my performance, then you're never going to live the life that God called you to be because you're just not that good. Like get over the fact that you're not that good. Uh, You you cannot mix God's grace with human performance if you want to become the man, the woman that God called you to be because God's dreams for your life are way past your performance. Your performance cannot measure up. So, which is why I'm taking my time to teach you that you got to let it go. This mixture is dangerous. The, the, the mixture of contaminating your whole belief system with a little bit, like even if you take a little bit of human effort, a little bit of law, and you like, I'm under grace, but I'm going to take a little bit of the law, this mixture can contaminate your whole belief system. Paul went on to say, don't you know that when you have even a little lie in your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? He said, it's just like you take A batch of dough, and you put a little bit of yeast in it, and that little bit of yeast, you leave it alone, it will permeate through the whole thing. You can't just take a little bit of performance. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you know, I, I, Brother Pena, I get the grace. Yeah, I got it. I'm I'm good. I'm grace life, baby. I'm grace life all day. But then in your mind, you're like, ooh, but I got to do this. I got to, no, no. If you take a little bit of it, it's like, it's going to work itself through your whole belief system. If you start mixing a little law with, or a little human effort with the grace of God, Before you know it, let me say this very slow so you get it. If you take a little bit of human effort or a little bit of law and you mix it with your belief system, with the grace of God, before you know it, you won't go into the mirror and see yourself as the righteousness of God because of Jesus. You will start seeing yourself as the righteousness of God because of you. You will start seeing yourself as the righteousness of God because of what you do or what you are refraining from doing. And so even if you take a little bit of it, you're gonna start going to the mirror and see, oh, look at what I'm doing. Ooh, I've been doing good. I've been going, ooh, I'm I've been tithing. I'm not skipping no payments. <laughs> I've been going to church. I've been doing, ooh, I got this phone call from my crazy cousin, and I didn't go off on her. Mm, dun, 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 I'm doing good. And see, and here's the problem. Now you start, you'll you start like in the country, they would say you start smelling yourself. And so now you start believing your, you'll start thinking about yourself. And, and this is self- Righteousness, and this is dangerous. Not only is self-righteousness a terrible thing, because you're making Jesus irrelevant. When when you are self-righteous, now you've made Jesus irrelevant because you're not righteous because of what Jesus did. At that point, you think that you're righteous because of you. It's not about God's finished work at that point. It's about your works, and and, and this is dangerous teaching. So that this type of thinking will negatively impact your level of faith, because your level of faith. If you think that, or if your level of faith towards God is tied to your performance, then your faith will never be big enough because your performance will never be good enough. And so if you think, think I have to perform good so God can bless me, I have to perform good to expect good, and if I perform bad, then I'm going to expect bad, then if you live this way, then Jesus at that point means nothing to you. Put that in the chat. You have made Jesus irrelevant. If you're living that way, at that point, you've made Jesus irrelevant. And watch this real talk. You are living no different than the old covenant. You're living no different than the old covenant before Jesus came because you're living by works and not by grace. So it comes down to this. It comes down to the fact that you are not perfect. It comes down to the fact that while you're not perfect, Jesus was perfect for you. You are not righteous, but Jesus was righteous for you. So if you fully embrace what Jesus did for you, you will open up your heart to the grace of God and you will live by faith in Christ and Christ alone. However, if you want to live by faith in Christ, but then you also think that, Brother Pena, it's just a little bit. It's just, you know, if you sprinkle in a little bit of performance or a little bit of human effort and you start adding performance-based religion to the grace of God, even if you think a little bit, like it's not that much, then the text says, Paul says, it's going to infect your whole belief system. And before you know it, you will be actually relying on you instead of relying on God. And that's why the apostle Paul says, this is a false teaching. Don't don't allow that to permeate your heart because it's going to impact every area of your life. I'm trying to really take my time this morning I I could be like, I'm super excited on the inside, but I'm like containing myself because I want to teach this because this is really important. All right. Three things. I shared two. Here's number three. Last one for today. If you try to take a portion of the law, you have to comply with the whole thing because violating one rule is just like breaking them all. So, so if you try to take a portion of the law, then that's it. Like, that's it. You, you're going to violate breaking one rule is no different than breaking them all. Let me explain. This is what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, New Living Translation. Paul says, Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Look at me. Oh my God. He's saying, Christ has set us free. Hey guys, make sure you stay free and you don't get tied up again with the slavery of the law. I didn't say this. This is what the Bible says. Listen, Paul says, I tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ would be of no benefit to you at all. I say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation of the whole law of Moses. He said, no, no, no. If you try to take one law... Oh, well, Brother Pena, you're getting off. Why do you keep bringing up circumcision? That's just one thing. I'm not, listen, I'm not even worried about being circumcised. I'm not thinking about, no, 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 no. If you try to take one, you got to take the whole thing. He says, if you bring circumcision into it, now that's it. You have to bring the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You've fallen from grace. He says, listen, if you try to take a little bit of the law, then you violated the whole thing. You're cut off from Christ. You're fallen from grace. You're no longer under the grace of God. You're no longer relying on Jesus. Your life, Jesus is irrelevant now because now you're living by your performance and you're not living by God's grace. See, remember, these were Jewish converts. Who required non-Jewish converts to get circumcised? And Paul was frustrated about this, and he came right back and he said it again. He says, I'll say it again. If you're trying to get circumcised, I'm saying this thing again. Why? Because he says, Listen, it's not like that. If you try to obey one rule, then you're gonna have to take the whole law of Moses. Paul is driving home the point that if you take a little bit of the law, then you gotta take the whole law, because if you violate one rule, it's no different than guilt th- than violating them all. And you say, Brother Pino, what does that mean? Okay, James 2 and 10. New Living Translation. James 2 and 10 says, for the person who keeps all of the laws except one. (laughs) James 2 and 10 says, if you try to, no, but Brother Pino, you don't understand. If you try to keep all of the laws, but you break one, then you're just as guilty as the person that's broken all of God's laws. Listen, there are 10 commandments and 603 more commandments. You're not that good, dude. Get over it. Like You cannot perform. Like You you cannot comply with that. Now, the Holy Spirit, under the Holy Spirit, yes. Do we walk as holy as the righteousness of God by faith? Yeah, of course. Is grace a license to sin? Of course not. Of course not. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying mindset-wise, I'm not focused on sin. I'm not focused on rules. I'm focused on God and, the, and what the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. I'm not going to live sin conscious. I'm going to live righteousness conscious. And when I live that way, I'm not going to sin. Now, when I do mess up from time to time, if I do something wrong, I'm quick to, to repent. I'm quick to receive forgiveness and I'm quick to keep it stepping. And I'm not gonna fall into guilt and shame and condemnation. Paul says, if you're trying to keep uh, make yourselves right uh, with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You've actually fallen away from grace. You have fallen from grace. That doesn't mean you're losing your salvation. What that means is that you're no longer relying on the grace of God. See, the message as I'm getting ready to close, The message of the grace life, real talk now, it set me free. The the message of the grace life, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because this stuff has set me free from performance-based religion. I'm passionate because I know how damaging religious activity can be. And the Apostle Paul was passionate about it too. There are people who love God who have accepted Jesus as their Lord, who are forgiven of their sin, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and who go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night, and they want to please God, but they don't see themselves as worthy. Listen, y'all, there are people that, that are doing their best. They love God. These are good people, but they don't see themselves as worthy of who God called them to be. The Holy Spirit tries And I really felt this when I got to this point. The Holy Spirit tried. The Holy Spirit's like, man, I'm giving them dreams while they're sleeping. I'm giving them open visions while they're awake. While they're driving their car, I'm talking to them all the time. They're listening to to, to worship, and they start crying in the car, and I'm trying to show them how much I love them, how much I believe in them, how much we plan to do in, the, in their lives. And, and I'm, I'm showing them all of this stuff and and they get it for a moment and, and they start to believe what I believe about them. But then as soon as they do, they make a mistake and they do something wrong and they run back into guilt and shame and condemnation. And the devil tells them they're not good enough. And then they start, they get beat up by the devil and then they start beating themselves up and they, they love me and I love them, but they can't see themselves the way that I see them because they are too hung up on their flaws. Listen, I'm talking to somebody right now that needs to be delivered from this. These are people that love God, but their performance is holding them back from truly believing God on the level that God is speaking to them. They, They know God loves them. They know that God cares for them. They know that God made plans for them, but they can't believe what God believes about them because every time they make a mistake, every time they do something wrong, they're like, "God, I, uh, I messed up again." And, and, and so then the devil says, "You're disqualified," and they're beating themselves up. The devil beats them up in their mind. They beat themselves up in their own heart, and they never can get to the point where they believe what God believes about them. These people are not being held back by God. They're being held back by religion. They're being held back by their own performance or their lack of performance. They're, they're being Being held back by a mindset. And so the apostle Paul says, no, I don't even want you to take a little bit of this mindset because a little bit of the law, a little bit of human performance, it will permeate like yeast through the whole batch. It's going to infect your whole belief system. Listen, I got you to, I, I want you. I get you to disconnect, detach, decouple your faith from your performance. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. Despite your performance, God knows you're not good enough. He was good enough for you. If you can just believe what God believes about you. If you could just open up your heart and start believing. Now, I know, I know the grace of God, it seems too good to be true. The great, why would God want to do that through me? And listen, I struggle with that initially. Me and Isabella, we struggle so much with why would God want to do that through us? Like, I would talk to a babe, I mean, like, man, this is crazy. God has given me these crazy dreams. I don't know. Can I ever do that? Can we ever believe that? Can we ever operate on that level? Can you ever see us like, like going back to the Dominican Republic or to Dominica on missions trips? Can you ever see us like like God put this school in Isabella's heart years ago? And we'd be like, God, can you ever get back? She'd be like, man, I, I want to do this, but can you ever, where the, where's the money coming? from? Where's the money going to come from? I don't know where the money's going to come from. But, but babe, she would be like, babe, God put this thing in my heart. And it's like, can you ever see us doing it? I don't know. How can we do it? I don't know how we're going to do it. But if you would just stop worrying about you and stop worrying about your limitations and stop worrying about your performance and just open up your heart to the grace of God, that God can do through you what you could never do without him. It's not about you. It's not even about you. It's not about It's not about you. You got to stop. Please hear my heart this morning. If Paul was like, if you take a little bit of human performance, it's going to infiltrate your whole belief system. It's not about you. Just stop and, and give yourself over to God. Everything I am and everything I am not, I'm not. It all belongs to God. Listen, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I'm not gonna look down on anybody because I know how jacked up I am. But what I am is a son of God. What I am is a, is a servant. What I am is I'm in God's hands, and I'll do whatever He tells me to do. I'll go wherever He tells me to go, and I'll, I'll say whatever He wants me to say when I get there. My life is not about me. My life is all about Him. And so Isabella and I would just submitted. I don't know. You know, we're doing all this stuff. I don't know what we do. I don't know how long we're gonna do it. We have other dreams. We have have other things that God is telling us to do. I know I have hopes and desires and aspirations. I told my son last night, I'm 49 years old. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm just getting started. I feel like I haven't even done nothing yet. And like God hasn't even released me yet, but it's not about me. It's all about him. Listen, just stop relying on you. Rely on God and God can do through you much more than you could ever do without him man. Obviously that stuff was not in my notes, uh, but that was God. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I hope you got that. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, you sent Jesus to die for my sin. There was no sin in Jesus. You put my sin on Jesus and Jesus died in my stead. Jesus was completely righteous. And there was no righteousness in me, but you put Jesus's righteousness on me. Jesus took my sin and now I take his righteousness. I am the righteousness of God, not because of what I do, not because of what I fail to do. I am the righteousness of God because of what Jesus did. Righteousness is a gift. I cannot work for a gift, all I can do is receive it. So I receive it by faith. In Christ Jesus, I receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I am not right because I do right. I'm right because I believe right. And right believing leads to right living. I declare that I live by faith. My faith taps into your ungrace unearned grace, and I'm able to impact this world for you. I am in you. You are in me. And together, we're going to change the world. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please, please hear my heart. Apply it and prosper. This is God's heart flowing through my heart. If this message was a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. I, I, I'm going to go back and I'll, I'm going to read those. So do me a favor, leave me some comments in the chat if, if it was a blessing. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. If you're interested in having more direct access to Isabella and I, check out patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. I love you and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning.